Hello and welcome to Fleet Die Hard, uh, um, independent view uh, from an independent fan of all things happening on and off the pitch at my favourite club, as I always say, Ebbs Fleet United FC. Um, so it's been a great weekend um, in terms of experience, in terms of uh, an, an away day experience, which was absolutely fantastic. The result didn't go the way we wanted, but I'm going to touch on that. As as we go on, so yeah, uh, it was FA Cup weekend. We were drawn against Leighton Orient away, um, and the weekend um, was one to remember. To be fair, for me personally, uh, got up nice and early, caught the train up to Stratford, met a few friends. Um, we had a nice bit of breakfast in the Spoonies, the Weather Spoons at uh, in Stratford, before and a few pints there. I think we had two or three pints in there, and then we we moved on to Leighton, where um, we've had a nice, uh, quaint little pub, as a, as somebody commented on Facebook. Uh, the I think it was called the Leighton Star. I'm not a hundred percent sure of that. I think it was called the Leighton Star. Um, where we watched the Man City Man United game, and the less said about that, the better. If you're a Man United fan, I guess, <clears throat> which I am as well as Ebb's Fleet, Shh. two CW, as they say. Anyway, uh, few a good few drinks in there before moving on to where the bulk of the Ebb's Fleet supporters were congregating, which was in the Leighton Technical pub uh we we got there fairly late to be fair um and people were already beginning to move off to the stadium um but we had uh we had we had one in there as well um saw a few of the faces that you see down at the ground so a few of the regular youngsters that we see and, and, the, and the regulars that uh that are there week in week out the likes of gerd mark Nielsen, Andy King, uh, yeah, Andy King, I saw, um, Michael Rose, Matt Sanford, and so on and so on. Pretty much the uh, the whole of the Edinburgh Castle representation was there, which was good to see. Um, and I, I suppose there was a few from the Rose there as well, but I didn't see any monkeys flying around and going on anybody's heads. So perhaps there was no one there from the Rose, I'm not too sure. But anyway, on to the game, on to the, on to the stadium we went, and um, we took over, over, I think it was over 900, or maybe over 800, around about 900 fans, I think we took, uh, which was a terrific away support. I mean, we always are well supported when we go away anyway, um, you know, even, even on a, a normal league game. Even on a Tuesday night, you know, we 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 tend to take quite a few for the size of the club. When you average, we, we, when you work it out, we're averaging probably a thousand home fans per game, and we took almost a thousand fans away to uh, to Leighton Orient. Now I'm not silly. I do realise that uh, a, a a big number of those would have probably been there just for the day out and just for the fact that their local club. Is in a, is in the FA Cup against a, a football league club, um, and they probably very rarely come down to the ground. 
but that's fine. Um, you know, if if a percentage of those trickle, if it trickles down, and a, a percentage of those start coming to the club regularly, then uh, then it's a win win situation for everybody, isn't it? It certainly raised the profile for the club, which is good to see. Um, when when you consider that you know there's lots and lots of houses and regeneration happening in the area around Ebbsfleet Valley and and all, and all you know towards Swanscombe and and all around there. So <clears throat> if that brought to the attention to some of those people that right on their doorstep there's a there's a super little football club, you know that are, that are well set up with a nice stadium. I say nice stadium. Nice, a nice ground. Um, and friendly fans, you know, nice place to come. Then, then that's good. If we boost our numbers and get a few more regulars to join the fleet family, um, I'm all for that. I'm sure you guys are too. So there you go. So there we were all packed into the. Uh, I think it was the east end. Uh, there, uh, there was there was nobody in either of the end stands. So we were all like directly opposite each other in the east and north stand. Uh, we were clearly, clearly out. You know, making much more noise than uh, than the late Orient fans. Um, it was it was deafening. Um, so hats off to the youngsters there, boys. You did the club proud. Made us. Uh, you certainly made us the twelfth man for 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 the for the fleet. That that was superb. It was a really really good atmosphere. Loved every minute of it. So, on to the match. Um, it would be easy for me to moan about certain things, but I'm going to get onto a few points of uh, of that as we go on. But the simple fact is, we were playing a club two leagues above us, and a neutral, I don't think, would have been able to tell which one was the League Two club and which one was the National League South club. Because Ebbsfleet United matched Leighton Orient in every area of the pitch. Uh, there was very, very little between them. In terms of quality, we were certainly, certainly equal to them. In terms of pace, in terms of skill, I'd say we were, we were equal to them. Uh, all, o- all over the pitch... Two things let us down. Um, unfortunately, the thing that I've been banging on about all season, and all last season, to be fair, came back to haunt us and was quite evident in uh, Saturday's game. And that is, when we get into that final third of the pitch, that final, you know, the, the in and around the penalty box, our failure to capitalise on opportunities and our failure to shoot. Now... There's one moment in particular which I believe possibly cost us. Cundall took a run. The ball came to Cundall from the left-hand side. He took a run into the into the uh, towards the penalty box, into the box, and it literally opened up for him. the The defenders almost it was like the parting of the Red Sea. The, the defenders almost fell away and created this huge gap. It was almost like shooting into an open goal. He just had to let the shot go. And he passed. 
He passed the ball at, to his right, I think he was, across, across the penalty box. And of course, the moment was gone. The defenders had closed in. The, op- the, the opportunity to score, which was there briefly, had gone. I'm not sure whether that's down to ability. I'm sure it's not. We know it's not. Cundall's a great player. Or whether it's down to maybe that's the difference between players at our level and, and players at levels above. You know, you look at, look at Ronaldo. His mind is possibly that much quicker the ball's the ball's there. It's in the back of the net. It's the, it's done. The decision in his head to take that shot, the calculation, is done. And I'm wondering whether that's <coughs> the uh, <coughs> the difference. That by the time Cundall got the ball, ran into the box, but in that brief moment when when the opening came, perhaps it's just that his footballing brain wasn't quick enough to see that that's an opportunity let's shoot. Perhaps he had already made his mind up that he was going to pass it across and then the opening happened and, and his footballing brain wasn't quick enough, wasn't fast enough to realise, actually, I've got a shot on here, let's do it. And perhaps that's the reason why he's playing at that level. I might be wrong. I, th- I think it's possibly a, a reason because we see it all. We see it all the time. We see that all the time down at Ebbsfleet when on the home games and on, on the away games. The number of times we get into the box and we, you know, as fans, we see openings. You know, from when we're standing behind the goal, we see an opening. We go, oh, shoot, shoot, and they, they don't shoot, and they they lay it off, or they they hesitate and then get closed down. So perhaps it's got something to do with with the speed of processing the information in their brain. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, so that was that was the one moment that um, I believe possibly cost us. That was, you know, it was fairly early in the first half. Had we put that away, Orient would have been on the back foot. We would certainly have been the more dominant. But we didn't. And, um, you know, the, res- the result was that uh, Orient... Who, who pretty much only had one or two chances anyway, but they put theirs away. They put one away and got the goal. The other deciding factor, and this is the one that really pees me off, we were the 12th, as fans, we were the 12th man for Ebbsfleet United. For Leighton Orient, they had a 13th man and a 12th man. They had a linesman and they had a referee that was clearly... Clearly biased. Um, I don't. I don't know why this happens at this. I, I don't know what the thinking behind it is. I'm. I'm. I, I don't believe for one minute it's a non-conscious decision. I, I'm pretty certain this has to be a conscious decision to be to be more biased and to be more favourable towards the club that's higher in the higher 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 ranked. You know, it's almost as if the officials have been briefed. I'm not saying this has happened, but it's almost as if the officials have been briefed by the FA at some point that, you know, we'd prefer it if the bigger club gets through. 
because ultimately it's going to be a big club that wins the FA Cup. I don't know. It, because every decision on Saturday went against Ipswich. Some clear decisions that should have gone our way went against us. From the linesman on our side of the ground, our side of the pitch, to the referee, together, they made it advantage Leighton Orient right through the game. Right through the game. Um, you know, it became... That, that particular linesman, you know, became more evident in the second half. And uh, it was frustrating. We see it, you know, we, we're used to seeing poor officials... We see poor officials week in, week out down at uh, at uh, National League South, and at National League, it's just it just seems to be that the 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 standard of officials at that at that level is is pretty poor anyway. But you'd think uh, an FA Cup game, which was so important to the to any of the smaller clubs that were playing clubs two or three leagues above them, two or three divisions above them. You know, a chance to raise their profile, a chance to progress into a competition, to earn some extra money, money for the club as well, which is you know equally important as as the event itself. You'd think that the the refereeing would be up to at least a, a, a reasonable standard. It wasn't anywhere near reasonable. It was awful. And that's really sad to see because you can't play, you can't, you can't win against a team and the referee and the linesman when every decision happens is going to be going against you in an effort to ensure that the other team have the advantage and win because that's what it looked like to us. And I'm sure I speak for all of the majority of, of, of absolute fans that were there and saw that game. Now, the other thing is Leighton Orient's goal. Um, so Leighton Orient's goal, a lot of people, I did at the time, um, a, lot, a lot of people thought it was offside. Uh, I've seen it now. I've seen it on the BBC replay. I've actually seen the freeze frame of the moment the ball leaves uh, leaves the foot to the through ball leaves leaves the foot um and it was onside folks it was i think it was it was played onside by by our, our our defender who's over on the far side of the pitch uh i've seen them given as not offside i've seen them given as offside it, you know it was it was it was close but if you if you freeze that frame Take a good look. I think I'm ninety nine percent sure that, that that was an onside goal. It was a fair goal. And let's be honest, with the way with the way the match official officials were were performing, if it had been ten yards offside, they still they still would have given it, wouldn't they? So does it really matter? So that's a shame. So we we um we we left the uh, exited the FA Cup on Saturday. But we exited the FA Cup with our heads held high, with, I would say, Leighton Orient going back to their dressing room, very, very grateful that they didn't have to come back to Stonebridge Road for the replay, because they certainly wouldn't have fancied it down at our ground. 
Um, they knew they've been, they, they would have known, they would have gone back to their changing room and talked amongst themselves. They would have said, F me, they were good. We didn't expect them to be as good as that. Um, held our own, matched them man for man on the pitch, gave them a game that they will know they've been in. Um, probably let ourselves down a bit once again with the the final third and the you know the decision making and the and the failure to create shots on target. And I said way, way back at the beginning of the season when, you know, that this is going to come back and cost us. And, and uh, you know, I believe, I believe that along with the, the, the match officials um, cost us uh, on Saturday. But we move on. We move back now and we concentrate back with the, with the Football League, with the, with the National League South. And <clears throat> I don't think we could be in a much better position, could we? Dartford threw points away again. I think they got a draw. Chippenham, I believe it was. Maidstone. I'm oh, sorry, no, Maidstone. Uh, yeah, or well, whatever. Maidstone and Dartford both threw points away. And looking at the table now, if my calculations are correct, we've got three games in hand. And if we win all three games, we will be four points clear at the top of the table. I don't want to tempt fate because to use an old phrase, there's many a slip, twig, a cup and a lip. If you understand what that means. It means when you pick the cup up to take a sip of your tea or drink, a lot of things can happen between picking it up and it reaching your mouth and you could spill it. So, you know, fingers crossed, but it looks great, doesn't it? Um, <clears throat> seven straight league wins is, is good. We are in, in prime position now um, to, to kick on to, you know, there's a long way to go. But the simple fact is, win all of our matches now and we guarantee promotion. It's as simple as that. Uh, but there is a long, long way to go. And, and I'm sure there will be stories and dramas and talking points between now and the end of the season. And, and, and Ebbsfleet United being Ebbsfleet United, I know they will not make it easy for themselves. You know, um, you can guarantee that it's going to be touch and go at some point in the season. And we're all going to be biting our fingernails down and, and we're all going to be shouting, why have we done this and why have we done that? And I'm going to be on here criticising certain match play decisions that we make. But there we go. That's that's what it is. But all in all, it was a fantastic weekend. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed the weekend experience in Leighton. Enjoyed the beer. Enjoyed the company. Enjoyed the football. Enjoyed the absolute United supporters. Uh, the noise, um, enjoyed the match, didn't enjoy the match officials, didn't enjoy the fact that we, we're no longer in the FA Cup, but as they say, shit happens. There you go, guys. Speak to you soon. Up the fleet.